0: Well, good morning, it is... They're like, you're done, get off the stage. Hey, good morning, great, great to have you here. If you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, as you may have noticed, or if you, if you don't know me, this is not, which uh, you, you, you hear sheep and you're like, eh, but then they start charging you and we're like, oh my goodness. So we start running and these sheep are coming after us and you know that story where you just have to outrun the other guy because if they catch, but there's more than one. So I have to actually outrun the sheep. So I am running as fast as I can and they're closing in and we look up ahead and there's this barn and there's a gate across the door and I'm thinking all I have to do is get over this fence and i'll be okay and just as i hit the fence and start to climb over the sheep just rams into the bottom of the fence and it literally throws me over the fence and i land (sighs) i have no idea how much damage a charging sheep could actually create but when i think back to that moment when i felt the fear of all of that and then i watch these bull riding videos i'm like these guys are crazy These guys have so much courage, though. And it's actually, I mean, the bravery that's there and the determination and the courage all invested in the process of climbing onto a beast that could literally destroy you. I actually had to cut that video down because I showed the original clip to some other people. And they're like, no, we don't want to see where they're actually getting, you know, flung around. And the reality is that in our life, there are some bulls that we have to deal with. There's some bull that we have to face. And if we're not honest with it, if we don't face it head on, it will destroy us and it'll cause our life to be disappointing. It'll cause our life to not be what God truly has determined for it to be. So what we have to do is we have to make sure that we face those bulls and to make sure it doesn't happen, we have to be willing to cut the bull. Which requires you and I to be very honest with ourselves. To be extremely real with ourselves. And if we can hold on for eight seconds, probably longer than that, but if we can hold on, we can probably get through it and we can probably cut some of the bull that's in our lives that so oftentimes wants to destroy us and the beasts that are sometimes in our life that want to ruin us. So the first bull that we're going to cut through is we're going to cut through the bull of excuses. Because the bad news is that there's a lot of us, as soon as we start to hear some of these things, we're going to start to try to find some excuses for why we don't need to make the changes that we're going to talk about. And the reality is that for most of us, if we would begin to to make some of the changes that God puts into our lives and the, the things that God begins to call to us, it will lead us to something that's so much better, that God has designed and planned for us, that's so much greater, but we have to put away the excuses, Because sadly, way too often, we come up with this list of excuses about why we don't have to apply what it is that we're going to look at or what it is that we're going to talk about. So over the next four weeks, we're going to try and cut through some of the bull. And next week, we're going to try and cut through the bull of complaining. Let's just stop complaining. Why do we complain so much? Then the next week, we're going to cut through the bull of fear. How do we get beyond fear? And then we're going to wrap it up talking about cutting through the bull of comparing. But today, we're going to cut through the bull of excuses. Because it's so easy to look around at, what the, at the things that we've missed out on or to look at the things that we didn't achieve or look at the things that maybe we weren't able to accomplish and just make excuses. Maybe we make the excuse that we weren't, we weren't born in the right location or we weren't born into the right family. Maybe our excuse is that we didn't have enough education available to us. Maybe our excuse is that our boss didn't treat us fairly. Maybe our excuse is that our girlfriend just didn't think we were funny enough, whatever it would be, rather than acknowledging what we didn't do, or how we didn't try, or the effort that I didn't give, we we make excuses. Some of you know this, I had the opportunity to play basketball in college. Uh, I spent my first two years playing basketball up at Everett Community College, and then I spent two years playing down at Corbin University in Salem. And I realized for a lot of people that didn't play at, at even that level, but I gotta be honest with you, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to play at something at a higher level than that. I didn't really wanna play at community college level, I had, I had bigger dreams than that. And people that know me well have probably heard me say way more than they want to hear me say if I had only been six foot two. Man, if I had if I had been six foot two, I'd have been able to play like a UW or something in NCAA Division One. If only I'd been six two. Man, if I was six foot two, I probably could have played professionally overseas. And my excuse is that I didn't grow to be six foot two. But the reality at five foot ten isn't what kept me from accomplishing more. The fact that I'm only five ten isn't what prevented me from reaching my goals. The reality is. I spent times hanging out with my buddies playing video games instead of shooting another 200 jump shots. The reason I didn't get where I wanted to go was because I thought spending time with my girlfriend was more important than, than practicing dribbling. See, never once did my team ever lose a game because I was five foot ten. We did lose some games because I had too many turnovers and didn't take care of the ball. And scouts didn't send me letters and recruit me to higher levels because I was too short. They didn't recruit me because I couldn't hit three-pointers consistently enough. But it's way more fun, and it hurts a lot less to make excuses than it does to just own our own part, to admit the things that we should have done differently. And the problem is, is that the excuses, not only do we blame the past on them, but then they end up limiting where we can go and they prevent us from going further in our lives because just we just keep leaning into those excuses And oftentimes in our life we recognize there's something that we want to be better at or there's an improvement that we want to make in our life And when we do that when we begin to make that we decide to make those changes And as soon as we decide to make those changes the excuses to stay the same begin to form we make this decision to be better about something, but then all of a sudden there's all these reasons about, wow, maybe it's not really worth all that effort. Well, I, I, maybe, it, maybe it comes out of a past experience. We've tried that before and it didn't work. Or maybe it's other people's discouraging words when they've told us in the past, you're probably not going to be able to do that anyway. The reality is that Satan has no desire for you and I to experience joy and experience what God wants us, and he will gladly trick us into believing that we can't change and creating excuses and and buying into that when jesus was on earth he loved to tell stories he loved to tell stories to help us understand what it was that he was trying to communicate and in the record of his life recorded by the guy named luke jesus is telling a story about a bunch of people that come up with excuses rather than responding to an opportunity that would make their life better And Jesus is telling this story, and he begins to explain this invitation that they receive, and then he begins to explain their their excuses. It's on the screen. It's also in your message notes. This is the story that Jesus told out of Luke 14. Jesus said, "...a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses." So this guy decides he's going to just throw this big party I mean, this is the amazing party And the guest list is huge And the party is going to be impressive It is not going to disappoint I mean, they're going to have a mechanical bull An amazing barbecue I mean, everybody's going to want to be there And so everybody's getting invited And everybody that's getting invited They just start making excuses For why they can't come to the party And if you keep reading through the excuses The excuses are actually kind of funny one of the guys is like, yeah, I can't make it to the party because I just bought a field and I need to go see it. Didn't you see it right before you bought it? Right, like, what, what, did it change? Another guy says, oh, I can't make it. I just, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I need to try them out. I watched a lot of Bonanza growing up. I have no idea. That, that shows your age if you just laughed at that joke. But anyway, um, I have no idea how to try out. Come to the party, come to the party, come to the party. And they're like, I got an excuse, I got an excuse, I got an excuse. And this party is going to be amazing. And so oftentimes the changes that God wants in our lives are going to be amazing. And the change that could happen would be great. And so oftentimes we make an excuse. Ah, I tried to change that before, but but nothing happened. There was nothing different out of it. Uh, I don't think it's really going to be worth it if I put that effort into it. We think, well, I'd really like for this to be true, but I don't know that I'm good enough to make that change. Oh, I'd really like to do this, but then we look around and we see other people and we're like, well, I'm pretty much better than everybody else already. Like, there's no re—I mean, like, I- I'm not as bad as those people, so there's no reason to commit all my time and energy to this. And the reason is that so many people, the reason that we can't make the change or the reason that we don't make the change is because we start out with with good intentions rather than actually having God intentions. And there's a big difference between good intentions and God intentions. Good intentions are centered around us. Good intentions are, this is what I think should happen. Good Good intentions are about, how do I think my life should be better? Good intentions are centered around me. God intentions are very different. God intentions are God-focused, and they're God-driven, and they're God-motivated. They're the things that God wants to be different about who we are, and what God wants to be different about our life. It's not so much based on my abilities, or my strengths, or my resolve, it's based on what God sees in me, and what God wants to change in my life. And when we begin to recognize God intentions and we begin to re- have the opportunity to fully rely on God's power for God to do what He wants to do in our lives. And you may not have the answer to this question right away and you might need to go home and think on it for a little bit and sit and kind of ponder this. But let me just ask you a question. If God could make one change in your life, if there's one thing that God could change in your life, what would it be? If you thought about the God that loves you, and the God that created you, and the God that has great plans for your life, what's, what's the one thing that God would want to be different about your life? I mean, even if you're here and you're not sure you, you want to follow God or you want to have a relationship with God, there's a really good chance that you're aware of something in your life that, that you've either sensed or you've heard about or you, you know an idea about who God is, that, that if you could change that thing, If you could improve that thing, if you could make that difference, it would change your life and it would change the life of the people that are close to you. And there's some of you in the room, you don't even have to think about this. The moment I throw that up there and the question of what could you change, you're like, yeah, I already know. Like it came to you immediately. Like God's already been nudging you a little bit and God's already been planting some thoughts in your mind. You're like, yeah, I know what I need to change. And again others of us we might need to go home and sort of let it roll around in our thoughts for a while and say God what is it? God what is it that you want me to change? God what is it that you want to make different in my what's the attribute that you want to to change about who I am? Because when we begin to invest God into the process, it totally changes the approach. Rather than saying, "You know what I need to change." We think, "God, what do you want to change?" And maybe for some of you, is, as you're thinking about it, maybe you're like, you know what, I, I know God wants me to get more involved and I need to start finding ways to volunteer around the church or, or get involved and invest in that. And God's been prompting that on your heart for a while and you just need to make that change. Maybe it's for somebody else, that's, you're thinking, you know what, I, I really am supposed to give something to somebody. And you've really felt like God is challenging you to become more generous. Maybe for somebody else, the change that God wants in your life is he wants, you to, he wants you to reach out and get to know your neighbors better, get to know the people in your community. Others of you, maybe God wants you to invest more in your kids, more invest spiritually into your children. Maybe you're a really, really good dad, but maybe you're not pouring into your kids spiritually. Maybe for others, the change that God wants is, is you love your kids and your kids know that you love them, but, but right now, God's like, you need to adjust your priorities and you need to give more time and attention and focus to your kids. What is it that God is calling you to do? What is the change that God is putting on your heart? And maybe the change that you need to put down and the thing that you're thinking of, you're like, I don't want to write this on the paper because I don't want people to see it. Just write down the lyrics to some song, I guess, and you'll know what it is. And maybe you have nothing. Maybe you're like, there's nothing God needs to change about me. Then just go ahead and write nothing on your paper. And if you're sitting next to that person that just wrote nothing, you could be like, wow, I'm sitting next to Jesus. <laughs> there's a perfect person that came to church today, nothing God needs. To... My guess is that most of us, there's something. Or there's something that God is beginning to press on our hearts and as you listen to the rest of this message God is going to grow something in your heart That you can do that that would help make your life better that would cause your life to be different And God's going to bring something to your mind Whether it's today or or maybe he'll bring something to your mind throughout this next week But I want you to ask that question if God could make a change in your life. What would it be? And then the follow-up question of that, which is actually where all of the power comes, is to consider this, is why would God want you to make that change? Why would God want that area of your life to be any different? Why? Because the power comes when we actually begin to look at the spiritual why. That becomes the power and the motivation to actually accomplish what we've been called to do, and that motivation becomes of tremendous help. So maybe you feel like God wants you to, to get in better shape and eat right and lose weight and exercise. Why? Is it because you, you, you get winded climbing into your SUV and don't look good in skinny jeans? No. That's, God wants you to be in better shape. God wants us to take care of our bodies so that we can honor him with the body that he's given us, that we, can, that we can live long and we can have effective days on earth, that we can glorify God with who we are. That's the why behind the what. And we begin to connect the spiritual why to the what. Then we begin to have a greater motivation and a greater ability to accomplish what God has led us to do and begin to decide, God, how do you want me to do this? And God, begin to lead me in this process. Maybe God wants you to read your Bible more and spend less time on social media. Why would God want that to happen? God's not opposed to social media. He doesn't think social media is bad. I mean, there's no verses in the Bible that we're going to look to that says this is how many posts or how many tweets God is cool with each day. So, so why? Why would God want us to focus more and give more attention to, to the Bible than reading, than just looking at media or whatever? God, because God's word gives us direction. It gives us instruction. God wants to tell us how we can get the most out of life. And the more that we read and the more that we understand and the more that we know God's heart, the more we know how he calls us to live and the more we can get out of the life that he's given us. Maybe for you, maybe God wants you to give up alcohol. Why? Why would that be? I mean, God is not wanting us to live a boring life and if you drink, it doesn't mean you're not going to go to heaven. Like, Why would God want, maybe God wants you to stop drinking because it's an encouragement to a friend that needs to stop. Because they're destroying their life and god says listen if you'll stop you can be a motivation to them Maybe god wants you to stop drinking because you're financially a disaster because you're spending more on that Than covering your bills and Taking care of your other financial responsibilities Why does god want you to make that change and when we begin to see why god is leading us to that change now There's new motivation behind it And so maybe you're not really sure what it is that why God would call you to make the change that he's leading you to. So maybe you need to talk to a friend and say, hey, I feel like God is calling me to do this. Why would God call me to make that change? Maybe you just need to spend time with God and say, God, would you reveal to me, help me understand why it is that you're leading me to this? I recognize that you're calling me to do something. Why? Because when we begin to recognize the area that God is calling us to and the way he wants to improve and change our life, then we begin to understand the greater power and the greater force behind it. Because now we're not just in a battle that's us-driven, now we're in a battle that's God-driven and God is with us in the process. Because what we need to understand and what we need to determine in our lives and what we have to ultimately reach and understand is that to decide that we're not going to be who... Let me just try that again. Decide you're not going to be who you were created to be if we just keep making excuses. the Excuses are just going to keep us from going where God has called us to go. Excuses keep us from owning our part. Excuses create false affirmation. Excuses prevent us from overcoming the obstacles in our life excuses just become a crutch that limit us from reaching our full potential of what we were created to be there's a story near the front of the bible about a guy who who god invited to be a part of this amazing rescue operation and it's a great example of an excuse where, where god comes and says hey i i want you to help out and then there's an excuse and then there's god's response to the excuse it's in the book of exodus uh god actually comes to a guy by the name of moses and says, Moses, I want you to help deliver the Israelites, your people, from the bondage of slavery to the Egyptians. And there's millions of Israelites all under the, under the cruel, cruel masters that are, that are beating them and whipping them, causing them to do just horrible things. And the people are crying out to God for deliverance. And so God comes to Moses and he says, listen, Moses, I'm going to ask you to do something that I know is outside of your comfort zone. And what's so incredible is that when God comes to us and asks us to do things, oftentimes it's outside of our comfort zone, outside of what we think we can accomplish, which actually is a greater confirmation that it's God saying, I think you can do this. And I'm going to help you accomplish this because I know that you need me to help you accomplish this. Because typically if there's something that we think we can change, we think we can change it. And when there's something that we don't think we can change, oftentimes it's God saying, you know, you can do this. And when we consider what God wants us to change And he begins to ask us to do the thing that we think is impossible God is saying I am the evidence that means it's possible And God loves to do this God finds it so cool to reveal his power and his love to us By helping us do the things that we never could do on our own And so God comes to Moses and God says Moses you're my guy And Moses says to God no I'm not your guy And then the conversation goes this way in Exodus 4. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Moses was never on the debate team. Moses never took a speech class. When it was Moses' turn in the game of taboo, his team never got points. And then God invites Moses to be the leader of the largest release of slaves in the history of the world. I mean, people are going to know Moses' name for the rest of human history. Moses is going to be illustrated in kids' books. If Moses does this, Charlton Heston is going to play the role of Moses. Like, this is a huge opportunity. God is saying, I want to include you. And Moses is like, I don't talk so well. He just comes up with the excuse, I, I, I don't talk very well. And God's response is, hey, who gave you the mouth you've got anyway? Who, who gives you the ability to speak? He's like, if I'm calling you to do this job, I will help you get it done. God is saying, listen, I, I can make deaf ears hear, and I can make blind eyes see, and Moses, this stuttering problem, or whatever you got going on, I can deal with that. And God is just saying, just, just go. Do this thing that I'm asking you to do that you don't think you can do, and I am going to help you. I am going to help you get the job done. And in our lives, when we're aware of something that God desires for us to change, that God wants to be different in our lives, when we begin to realize God is calling us to that, He's like, go and I'll help you. So maybe God just wants you to be more patient with your kids. And you're just like, God, they push my buttons, they know exactly how to twist me up. And you're like, okay, God, if you're calling me to this, I'm going to trust that you're going to help me. Don't make excuses. Maybe God's calling you to be better with your money and spend less and get out of debt and manage the resources that God's provided for you. And you you find yourself making excuses like, well, we don't make enough and we have to have these things and we got to go on vacation like other people. God's like, stop making excuses and just let me help you. And God says to Moses, basically he's like, cut the bull, stop whining. I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. And then God just says to Moses, now go. Let's do this. Stop making excuses and we can get through this. And there's two thoughts out of this conversation that I think can help you and I as we're trying to cut the bull of excuses. And the first one of what God is saying to Moses and what he's saying to us is, do what you can do. Do what you can do. God's thoughts are, listen, like I, I've told you what to do, now, now Go. No more excuses, no more more thinking about it, no more, I need to have another prayer time. He's like, no, you don't need to pray about this more, you just need to go do it. Because many times in our lives, we know what God wants us to do, and we just need to do it. If God has shown you that he wants you to do something different, then the next thing you need to do is the next thing that you can do. And begin to make that a reality. If there's something in that next step, you just need to take it. So oftentimes we want to over-spiritualize things. Like, I'm waiting for the Lord. I need a sign. No, 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 no. Maybe you know that God is calling you and saying, listen, you need to quit smoking. And you're like, well, I'm just waiting for God to give me the desire to take it away. (laughs) No, 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 no. Listen, God desperately wants you to join him in heaven. He just doesn't want you to speed up the process. Right? He's like, do what you can do to get beyond that. Try the patch, try the gum, try the exploding cigarettes. Do what you can do. If God has told you to make the change, do what you can do. For the first 39 years of Elizabeth's life, our executive director, she would, I got permission to tell this story, so uh, I might still get in trouble even though. But anyway, she would tell you that for the first 39 years of her life, she never exercised, she never played sports, she never worked out, nobody ever accused her of being athletic. Never. She also never really thought about what she ate. In fact, she told me that in her early 20s, her diet mostly consisted of mint chocolate chip ice cream with Oreos for dessert. Like, that was what she ate. And then at 39, she decided, you know what? I got to make some changes. No more excuses. No more saying I can't do it. No more saying it doesn't matter. So She decided to make change. And so she started working out four times a week, and she started trying to be more aware of what she ate, and she tried to consume things that were healthy, This last week, if you're not aware, we had a connect group that went, and they did this self-defense class at some, like, local Taekwondo thing, and so they're in there kicking pads and beating things up and yelling and screaming and stuff, and the instructor came up to her and said, what do you do for a living? (laughs) He's like, you're so athletic, and you hit these pads so hard. How did you get so good at kicking and hitting? And she's like, I'm a pastor which you got to tell you, now you got to know that when I want to bring something up, it's dangerous. But um, but she made big changes in her life because she decided to stop making excuses. She felt like God was saying, listen, make some changes. You've got some boys that you need to take care of and you need to do some things so that you can be around. And so rather than making excuses, she decided to do what she could do. And started doing the simple things and just began to grow out of it. And if God is calling you to do something different, if there's a change that you need to make, then you have to do what you can do. And he says, now go. Now go. Moses, now go. You can do what you can do, and he will do what you can't do. Which brings us to the very last point, which is just to trust God to do what you can't do. So for Moses, basically God is saying, listen, you need to go, and then once you go, I will help you. Once you go, I will teach you. God is basically implying, listen, I'm not going to help you, I'm not going to teach you until you go. It's now go, and then he does these things. God's like, you go do the thing that you can do, and until you step out and do the things that you can do, God's like, I'm not really going to do what I need to do. Until you take that step of faith. He's going to help you do what he's called you to do, but it starts when you start doing the things that you can do, and then he steps in and does the things that you're incapable of doing. It's a bit like teaching a kid how to ride a bicycle. If you're a dad and you remember teaching your kid how to ride a bike, it's a lot like teaching them to ride a, drive a car, but less praying and screaming. Right? If you're if you're teaching your kid to ride a bike and you're a dad, how it works is this. You basically hold on to the back of the seat and then there's a lot of running. Right? And you're running around and you're holding the back of the seat and you're telling the kid, pedal, 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 pedal right? And you're just like, you do what you can do. You pedal, you pedal, you pedal, and then the kid looks back and looks at you and you're like, Don't look at me, look ahead look ahead, pedal, balance. You gotta go and you're just chasing them around and you know, you're trying to balance them and the kids like wobbling and then you catch them and every now and then you let go of a little bit to see if they can have and, they, and then you catch them and then, and then you let go for a little bit longer and they look at you and you're like just balance and pedal. You do what you do and you're the one that you're just balancing them and slowly over time you let go for a little bit longer and then you let go for a little bit longer and they keep pedaling and they keep going and they're trusting you that you're gonna keep them safe. And you need them to keep pedaling and keep doing what they can do. And after time, after you let go for a little bit longer and a little bit longer, finally you can just let go, and now they're riding. But they had to trust that you were going to keep them safe in the process. So whatever the change is in your life, whatever the area is that God is leading you to do, you have to do what you can do, and then trust that God is going to help you in the process. And trust that God is going to do what you can't do. And the thing that you're needing to do, maybe, maybe you just need God to give you the strength to overcome the addiction. Maybe you need God to provide the determination to, to keep working on that relationship, to keep working on that marriage. Maybe you need God to just reveal himself to you and just show you that he exists. The reality is that you and I can make excuses. It's always an option. We can always make excuses, but when we do, we will miss out on all that God has created us to be and all that God wants us to discover in our life. And if that's where you want to live, that's your call. We all have the opportunity to do that, but there's so much more available. But for that to happen, we have to be willing to, to cut through the bull of making excuses and stop blaming other people and start, stop pointing out where other people have let us down and stop pointing out where life has not been fair and decide to just cut through the bull and no more excuses and begin to allow God to help us become who he's created us to be. And every week we put these green connect cards in your program and just challenge you to think through what is it that God is saying to you? What is it that God is saying you need to do next? What's your next step need to be? The great thing about this is you can mark this down and you can go home and it can be the thing that you can do gives us a chance to be able to pray for you as God is working in your life. But as you think about cutting through this and and making no more excuses, what's your next step? Maybe your next step is just to identify the excuses that you make that are preventing you from making the choices that you know you should make. Maybe your next step is to determine what it is that you will do, what you can do, and identify what that is. Identify it and start it. Maybe your next step is to tell God what you need Him to do and ask him and let him know that you'll trust him to respond. Maybe your next step is to commit to being a part and catching the rest of the Cut the Bull message series. Whatever it is, I would just challenge you to respond to whatever Jesus is saying to you this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for all of your care and your love. God, thank you that in our lives you, you call us to things and you not only call us to things to make changes, but then you're right there to support us in the process. God, would you help us to recognize the ways that we make excuses in our lives? God, would you help us to see how they've held us back? To decide that in our life we're just going to respond to what you call us to do and then trust that you'll do the things that we can Thank you so much for today and all that's going on and the great opportunity to be together. We love you, in Jesus' name, amen.